Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast and I'd like to keep making it. So even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community. I pay my respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past and present. An important message. While every effort has been made to provide valuable, useful information in this presentation, this firm and any related suppliers or associated companies accept no responsibility for any form of liability from reliance upon or use of its contents. Any suggestions should be considered carefully within your own particular circumstances, as they are intended as general information only. Liability limited by a scheme approved under professional standards legis- professional standards legi- legislation. I can't say legislation. <laughs> Liability limited by a scheme approved under professional standards legislation other than for acts or omissions of financial services licenses. How do you find the time when you can't find pause? A confirmation watch your face is gonna open some doors. You do what you gotta do to stumble through. Hello folks and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. I'm your host, Paula Arujo. I'm a writer, theatre creator and marketer. I am a short, round-faced white woman with huge black headphones on wearing a very snazzy black linen dress, which I'm really pleased that I invested in coming up to the summer season here in Brisbane. And this week we are talking about tax for absolute beginners with the lovely folks that I have before me. So we've got Nabila, Brent and Liam and I'll get them to introduce themselves now. Hey Nabila, how are you going? I'm good, thank you. So my name is Nabila. I am brown. I have long black hair and I am wearing corporate clothes but with sneakers because who likes to walk in heels? No one, but also fashion. That's like yeah, a big Scandi thing yeah, now. That's Thank true. you. Thank you so much for joining me. And in front of me, I have the lovely Brent. Hey, my name's Brent. Um, I'm pretty short, uh, white, short curly hair and wearing basically casual business attire at the moment with sleeves rolled up. Because it is summer. Mm, it is. You are also the uh, self-elected smartass of this podcast episode. So I'm Ugh. really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I have it's such a big high responsibility. Hopes. <laughs> I believe in you. You can do it. Thank I believe you. in you. Just be yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then uh, I have to the left-ish of me. <laughs> I have Liam. Liam, how are you going? Good, thanks. So I'm Liam. I'm about average height, Caucasian male, and I'm just wearing chinos with like a business shirt. So yeah, business casual, just like Brent. Mm, you are pulling off this like 
podcast thing very well. I think we were making fun of you before because you were doing it a little bit too well. So some tall poppy syndrome got mm. involved. I apologise yeah. for the part I played in that. That's all right. No, you know, I've been practising for weeks just in the bathroom. <laughs> 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 oh, you're doing great yeah, though. You sound down great. Pat. Yeah, well, it's been 100 hours, so, you know, you'd hope. Well, there you go. Okay, everyone just has to do their 100 hours and this is how you make a podcast. First, you have to do 100 hours. That's a lie, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now, to get us started, what have you guys stumbled through this week? Any takers? <laughs> yeah, um, well, I just stumbled through just before. So we came into this really cute studio with everything like nice in place, came into the room, super excited and... Then I tried to pull the chair up because I couldn't reach um, and, yeah, broke the chair handle. So when, when I came in, you said that you'd broken the chair and I was expecting something much more dramatic. I was expecting, like, that you'd hulked out and just <laughs> torn, like, the back from the seat. But it was it's just the little paddle thing that, like, yeah, sits underneath you. Right uh, did, did you want to swap with me? That's all right. I mean, I'm short enough as it, as it is, so I guess, like, it doesn't really... Matter. Thank you. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Liam, I think that you mentioned that you'd stumbled through something this week. <laughs> I've stumbled through a lack of motivation at the beginning of the week, which is always a rough thing to go through, but it's Tuesday, so hopefully the rest of the week will be nice and productive. Mm-hmm. I have faith. You can do it. I mean, I struggle for motivation at various points every day, so <laughs> you're doing much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't know that. <laughs> Oh, I've just revealed myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Brent, save me. Uh, I guess probably the thing I'm struggling with at the moment is um, training up new people um, whilst also staying productive in my um. own role. So I love training up new people, but then you've obviously got your own budgets and uh, mm. timesheets, things to fill out, and trying to find that balance is a bit of a hard thing. So If you didn't know, we're all accountants. So. Yes, <laughs> uh, that, that is why I have called you here today. It would be very strange if I was like, so I have three mechanics and we're going to talk about tax. <laughs> I mean, that, that's nothing on mechanics. I'm sure that, you know, as sole traders, craftsmen and business owners, I'm sure that they are very, very well versed in their own personal tax returns and things. But I felt like maybe accountants might be a little bit more relevant. Maybe. It's funny because we often say that some clients will get advice from their butcher and then come to us and say, yeah. like, <laughs> wait, I've heard yeah. that this, this, this and this. Yeah. And you're like, uh, where'd you get this from? Like, oh, I had it from a butcher. Yeah. Like, I appreciate that he probably wants what is best for you. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> I have this very expensive piece of paper <laughs> that says that I'm allowed to tell you what to do. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, just on the topic of, I guess, training new people up, I, that is really tough. Uh, and, and you're in such a difficult position because you can't allow your deadlines to be missed. But at the same time, it's like, well, I can't leave this poor new person to just mm. do nothing and twiddle their thumbs all day. Like, yeah. So, you know, look out for your managers, folks. Sometimes, sometimes they're struggling too. <laughs> If only I was a manager. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that. You can just say that you <laughs> are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get stuck in. So the first question I have for you guys is, what are some common tax myths and misconceptions? One of the biggest misconceptions, and that is everyone gets a refund or would like to get a refund at the end of the year when you lodge your tax returns. Um, the reason why this is a myth, it your refund actually depends on what your employer has already withheld for you. So during the year, if you um, receive a salary and wage, 
your employer will set aside a certain amount of tax depending on how much income you make for the year. And then when it comes to the end of the year and you lodge your tax return, most of the tax that you need to pay has already been um, accounted for. And that's why you get the refund. So, of course, if you're a sole trader and you have your own business, there's no one withholding that tax for you. So, of course, you won't get any tax back. Mm. Is there anything else you guys would like to add on to that? Uh, not really. But, mm. yeah, like like you were yeah. sort of saying, like a lot of people that um, maybe just doing some part-time casual work and they're under that sort of low-income threshold and obviously your employer isn't withholding tax, like you're not really going to get any tax yeah. back from that. Mm. Um, whereas a lot of people are like, oh, my friend got $1,000 refund oh, my other friend got $4,000 back. But it all just depends on people's situations and circumstances as to what you may be entitled to or what you wouldn't. Yeah, it's definitely something I've heard too from medical professionals and stuff where they'll be like, oh, your accountant didn't give me as much of a refund as yours. Clearly they're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Generally all it means is throughout the year the accountants withheld more of their wage, too much of it. You know, Ideally, if you're in that position, your accountant would calculate it so that you're only paying just the amount of tax you need throughout the year, not overpaying it. But yeah, I think it's just, one of those misconceptions, thinking that's mm. something they're getting from the government, but it's not really that. It's your money uh, that you're getting back in the end of things. Oh, okay. So it's almost like um, in in the instance that like you're a casual employee or like part-time or whatever, basically you are relying on your employer to n- not underpay you, but like to withhold a certain amount of your wage so that then you get that back as opposed to this isn't money that comes out of nowhere it's not like oh well you work at this job in this level and therefore you get this much tax return like that's not how it works it's about you and your individual circumstances and then when it comes to someone who's like a sole trader because you know you are your own boss and you have to do your own taxes and your own paperwork and it's super fun um, then you have to like withhold it from yourself. So I know I, I listen to a lot of podcasts from the UK and they're like, okay, so what I do to make sure that I, you know, don't have to pay tax, like pay tax in when I do my tax return is I put away like 30 pounds a month or something just to make sure that I cover myself so that if I do have to pay tax in, it's not that much, but it's very, very circumstantial and it's very much about like, well, this is still your income. It's just that you've put it aside for a little bit, almost like a really crappy savings account. Yeah, exactly. You just don't get interest on the amount because it's been with the government yeah, the whole yeah. time. And it's more so for cash flow purposes because mm. what you don't want is to not pay any tax and then at the end of the year be lumped with a huge lump sum and mm. then you're stressed because you're like, well, you have to pay all this money back yeah, exactly. and you're like in debt to the ATO, yeah. which is, which is not a fun position no. to be in. Oh mm. God. One of my least favorite things is, have you ever had that um, text come through and it's like, the ATO has sent you a message on your MyGov account. And you're like, why didn't you just tell me what it was? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why exactly. can't you just say what they want from me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm always worried that it's going to be like an order or something. I'm like, I better log in, better check. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so that's one of the common misconceptions that I guess you guys have to deal with a lot. Um, was there anything else that you guys find comes up a bit or anything else that you wanted to touch on? Yeah. So another one is that a lot of people think that they should be able to claim a deduction for their travel to work day to day. And it just isn't deductible for travel to be deductible. You have to be going between two places of work or a place of work or to a place of study. Okay, wait, I'm going to need you to That's okay. rewind yep. and bring it back now, y'all. So, <laughs> 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 um, so that means that I can't claim 
say, for example, I have a friend who drives from Brisbane to Mount Tambourine. And that is her usual place of work. And she goes in like three days a week. She can't claim, even though it's like a significant distance, she can't claim the fuel, the wear on her tires, the service of the car. That can't do it unless it's, for example, unless she was going from her home to her place of work and then from her place of work to study. Or another place of work, correct. Oh, okay. So like in between, so in between workplaces is okay? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because then the travel, you could say that the expense of traveling is necessary in incurring your income. Oh, okay. So it's like, well, you should have planned when you got the job that you would need this much fuel and this much in order to like complete your role. Whereas if you go between two different places of work or a place of work and a place of study, it's like, nope, that's, that's additional. You might not have thought of that and that's okay. Sort of. That's one way to put it, I suppose. It's more or less in when it comes to the tax system, especially in regards to deductions, it all comes down to whether or not an expense is incurred to create accessible income. So it is a weird one with travel, but the way they see it is everyone has to get to work somehow. So, and you pick a job and you sort of accept the fact that it may be far away. That's a decision you've made. So it's a private choice to live further away or to work further away. Whereas if you're trying to get between two places to work, then to get between those Mm. two places, you know, you have to travel in some way. It is a weird one, Mm. but that is just another misconception. So that's, that's one definitely to check with your accountants or the ATO or that FAQ thing. The ATO has now got a, um, I saw on the the government website in terms of like tax and education, they've got this handy dandy little uh, hotline that you can call and they've got someone who can answer your questions there. The website's also very good too. Very handy. Mm, Yeah. All right. Anything else? Any other myths that you would like to bust? Oh, I've forgotten their names. That's really sad. (laughs) 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 Any other myths that you would like to bust? I think um, just in relation to Liam's last point, a lot of people um, just with travel or motor vehicles, there's like the misconception with the 5,000 kilometres and a lot of people just seem to think that you can claim 5,000 kilometres no matter what. Like a lot of people be like, did you claim 5,000 Ks, the cents per kilometre method in your last tax return? What? So for clarification. What? I don't understand. I could have claimed for 5,000. What? So you can claim uh, cents per kilometre method of deduction so if you say but that's only for that special thing where like if it's between one yeah. place of work correct oh. so if you say look i've traveled three thousand kilometers business related use you can use a cents per kilometer method where you can claim 66 cents per kilometer and get a deduction for that um it's one of two methods but yeah a lot of people because the easiest method to do think you could just claim the five thousand kilometers get you know a three thousand dollar deduction and the ato is never going to audit you but the ATO definitely does look. And if you're oh. claiming the very top you can claim, you're likely to be audited eventually. So wow. yeah. Plus they've been um, cracking down on that like quite heavily the last couple of years, especially mm. for different professions. So there might be like certain professions where traveling would be um, required quite a bit. Like say you're maybe in marketing or advertising, you're traveling to clients like mm. quite often most days. But or then if you're in a trade. Trades, like, like, trades yeah. things like, like that. Like mechanics before, yeah, like exactly. maybe they're traveling out or... Um, plumbers, things like that. Yep. But that would be up to the business, wouldn't it? Because hypothetically, yep. it would likely be up to the business to claim that travel as opposed to the individual because 
unless the person is using their own personal vehicle, car, et cetera, et cetera. You'd probably keep that on a company car, you'd log the hours, you'd log all that, and that would be like an asset and stuff that the business would have to take care of. It sort of depends like how they structure your pay. Like some might give you an allowance, like a car allowance or something, mm-hmm. and you use your own vehicle, pay for all the expenses, things like that, whereas others will have um, a company car or something like that. But if they do give you a company car and you get reimbursed for all the expenses, obviously you can't claim because it's not uh. like your own expenses or you're not out of pocket yourself. But um, right. if you do get an allowance and you're using your own vehicle, paying for your own expenses, then you can claim those expenses as a deduction. Okay. And a good way to keep a record of it is um, just look at Google Maps. I know we do that for a lot of our clients is if they travel, just say, twice a week between two jobs, um, just chuck it in Google Maps. It'll tell you how many kilometres it is. So you've always got a record. So mm. if the ATO ever audits you and says, hey, how did you calculate that you travelled 4,000 mm. kilometres during this year? You can be like, oh, yeah, I checked at Google Maps. This is how often I do it. Oh, okay. um, Because that's what they were usually used to check distances as well. Oh, right. So I don't have to like take photos of my auto every time I get in and out it's just like no we can we can do this all at tax time we can do that fun thing where it's like the night before an assignment is due (laughs) it's really just being able to prove that you actually travel those kilometers you don't have to have a specific log of every single trip you've done but as long as you could suggest that yeah I went from this place of work to this place of work three times a week for the whole year Mm, roughly this amount of kilometers yeah Yeah. or like you've got a record of well I had this appointment on this day I had this appointment on this one and I've got a diary which can prove that Mm -hmm. or like an invoice oh okay cool right I didn't even know about the 5,000 kilometre thing. I was like, well, I can't claim because it's my normal place of work or I go there enough for it to be a regular place of work, so I probably can't claim that. Interesting. All right. Any other myths? I didn't ask you before we started how many there were. So I was like, oh, my God, all these things I'm learning. <laughs> Most of our clients just sort of accept what we tell them anyway. So, yeah. Well, one would hope. Like, you guys have got a very expensive piece of paper and I'm sure some hefty hex debt to, you know, back that up. I think, yeah. like, if you're ever just confused or not sure, like, come see an accountant, but obviously also the um, ATO website or you can call the ATO, you can send them an email if you've got a specific question and they'll get back to you via email. So mm. there's plenty of resources around. Yeah. Um, and sometimes as well, like, it's better to get that information because you could actually maybe possibly claim more and get oh. a, a better outcome if you don't actually know what you're entitled to. Yeah. So it could be beneficial. But also, like, if you do get it wrong, then there's repercussions and it's probably better to get the right advice early on because it could be more costly to go through an audit or something like that. So They've also got special website pages for professions. So, like, for teachers, they'll have a guide of, like, hey, this is how you put in, uh, you know, your deductions. These are typical deductions teachers can claim. They'll have examples. And it's, I mean, for the average person who doesn't have too much in their return, it's a really good way to just go through a checklist and say, hey... I haven't thought about claiming my union fees. I haven't thought about any other sort of thing they need, like maybe even stationery they bought for the classroom that's deductible. Like they've obviously got them for lots of different professions. So it's maybe just something worth looking at at tax time to make sure you've got the best outcome possible. Yeah, that's true. And that's, I think, far more accessible to most people because obviously accountants, as wonderful as you are, like there is a fee that is incurred because you deserve to be paid for the knowledge and advice that you impart. So it probably 
would be the more accessible option, at least as a first step. And if you still have questions, then by all means, like make an appointment with an accountant. The worst that can happen is that you are right and that you have gotten everything correct. And then you can be like, well, that's fine. That is money well spent because I can rest easy and know the ATO isn't after me. (laughs) One good example I've actually got of um, someone that could actually claim more than what they were is um, a friend reached out to me probably about a couple months ago and he'd been putting some extra money into super for the last two, three years or something like that. And um, he was asking me what he could claim as the deduction because previously what he had been doing is just claiming the tax that he's paid on that super instead of the actual amount that he's put in. And without getting too technical, he's allowed to basically claim what he's put in outside of like just your normal sort of nine and a half percent super. So he had been missing out on basically three, four thousand dollars extra of a deduction which um, when he actually fixed it up in his return, he got about $2,000 extra as a refund. And the only reason he picked this up was his um, girlfriend had been doing the same thing. And now that MyGov has um, pretty good tools and resources mm. that it pre-fills a lot of the information, the amount that was pre-filling into hers was the amount that she'd put in, not the tax. And he uh-huh. actually asked me the question, is that right? Um, and when I explained it to him, it's a bit hard, like it's a bit technical as well. But um, yeah, he ended up with about an extra two three thousand dollars in a refund over two years because he actually amended his previous return because he messed up that one as well so that's just one example of where you could actually have a better outcome by getting some advice fantastic and then just on the topic of like amending previous returns how long do i have to go back and be like actually i made an i made an oops um how do i fix my previous tax return yeah it's around four years yeah, you've got four years to go back. That's not bad. Um, but what I would say is if you do decide that you want to amend anything, uh, make sure you have got a good paper trail as to why. I know recently my sister, she um, has to lodge her bazes on her MyGov. A, a baz? A what? Oh, um, a business activity statement. So uh, it's uh, um, yep. so it's it's a uh, another sort of tax so it's a goods and services tax that some people um need to report it's not to the gst ATO. it's the other one. Oh no it is gst, no, it's GST. okay, so, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. i was like what <laughs> um so there yeah. are so many alphabet things here <laughs> sorry um so gst is goods and service tax um so every quarter she needs to report her gst to the ato and i think one quarter she accidentally made a typo and she realized it two quarters later mm. and when she went to go back to amend it even though the difference was only like an $800 refund that she was going to get the ATO actually contacted her and was mm. like we need to do an audit um so lucky she had her paperwork which showed mm. um this is what I've put which was a mistake I need to put this and then yeah. and it's only after she provided all that stuff that um they then released the money mm. gotta keep the receipts oh yeah. hey that's even more yeah. applicable. oh my god <laughs> Keep your receipts. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Uh, I guess next question. We've talked a little bit about it already, but what are deductions? So deductions are more or less any amount you can deduct against your accessible income. So they're generally expenses, uh, but they have to be incurred in gaining or producing accessible income, more or less. So a good rule of thumb is any expense you incur to help you make income is a deduction. So it could be stationary that you use uh, at home. You know, it could be, as we said before, expense in traveling between jobs. That's. Yeah, that one sounds a bit finicky, but I guess like if you're a sole trader, then if you have to use your car to complete the job, Mm -hmm. then you can 
claim some of it on tax as a deduction. Correct. So it's like the question to ask is, do I have to do this in order to do the job? Yeah, that's a really good rule of thumb. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Any comments? So we've talked a little bit about travel, which is confusing. Are there any like common deductions that people are like, "Mm, this is definitely true. I got it from my butcher. And you're like, (laughs) "Mm, not quite. Definitely things like your like insurances. So like if you're a doctor and you have like uh, medical insurances, your registration. So like we all need to pay quite a few hundred dollars to the Institute of Chartered Accountants oh, to right. make you sure that we are uh, yeah that we um keep our registrations. And if we don't pay, we are no longer we, registered yeah. chartered accountants. Yeah. And then yep. people ask you questions like, "Should I trust you?" And you're like, "Um, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it." So those things are a definite. Um, a definite deduction. Mm. You can also claim a deduction for any donations made to a charitable cause. But an important thing to note there is you need to make sure that the charity is what's called... A registered charity, yes. (laughs) Not a registered charity, but a DGR. So it's a deductible gift recipient. So... There's a difference, but honestly, I'm just giving Liam like this biggest face, like, huh? come again? <laughs> More or oh, less. What? Before you donate, if you really do want the deduction, it's worth going on to it's called the ABR website. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll link in show notes. Yeah, and it's a government website that tells you about companies and businesses and what registrations they have. And one of the registrations you'll see if you go down is whether or not it's got a DGR registration. That just means that any donation you make to that company will be deductible. Oh. But that is, I suppose, another thing that people think that all donations are... Over a dollar. Yeah, are deductible, but that isn't the case. Mm. Sorry, you were saying, Nabila. Uh, I was just going to say that there's a there's a cap on like donations made to certain political parties. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I think it depends on... like I think it's 1,500. $1, Don't quote me. It okay. changes from year to year. But it's roughly that amount. Oh, um, okay. So if you donate to a political party f- of over that amount, um, you, you don't get the. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Oh, that's right. I've, every time someone talks about, you know, donations made to a political party, I'm like, yes, this is a big company putting money in. I'm like, oh no, they come from individuals too. I yeah. forgot about that. Like, um, isn't it OAC? And she's completely funded by like her community, and so she doesn't actually. Oh. Yeah, she's like crowdsourced almost like she election is. funding she's like yeah. the ultimate go fund me yeah exactly <laughs> go fund your future yeah. yay go fund me to white house, <laughs> white house yeah. i like it i like it um all right so next question we've already touched on this because you guys are smart cookies and you've woven this together so well but what can i claim so we've talked a bit about travel we've talked about um the rule of thumb i mean obviously check it against the it's not the is it the AMBR website or is that the thing that we were just, just talking ABR. about? ABR, the ABR um, thingy for your profession for, for donate. Oh, no, different. No, I think we're mixing things up. There now. are too many alphabet soup yeah. moments here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know if something's a DGR mm. for a charity, then you go to the ABR website. Uh-huh. Um, and then if it's anything to do with what you can or can't deduct based on your profession, that's the ATO, which is the Australian Tax Office. Right. Okay. So you go to the ATO website and then you find the little guideline that they've created for your profession and then you check there what your deductions could be. Yeah. Yeah. But the rule of thumb is, do I need this in order to complete my job? Exactly. Okay. And then if something's iffy, definitely check the ATO website. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. It's much nicer to just be like, well, I'll just check and make sure than have a phone call from the ATO because yeah. I've never had one, but it sounds very scary. 
I'm sure that they're lovely people, but they just strike fear into my heart. I, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So anything else you want to talk about in terms of what can I claim? Any usual introduction I think, um, things? One big thing, especially this year with COVID, um, is a lot of working from home expenses. So <gasps> there are some rates at the moment. So previously it was 52 cents an hour um, you could claim, but they have um, bumped it up from 1 March, I think it is, um, to 80 cents per hour. But um, you actually find that you're probably more beneficial to claim the 52 cents because you're allowed to claim some other things like telephone, internet, things like that, which basically everyone that has a home office would use. Mm. Um, so that's also something you could maybe put past your account like, um, and they can do the calculations, figure out which one's more beneficial for you, um, which we've been doing for most of our clients lately as well. And then another thing I'd also check is a lot of people th- don't always apportion their expenses as well. So obviously like... Question. Yeah. Apportion? Sorry, What? Yeah, so... Uh, this isn't meals. Like, we're not in a restaurant. No, right? no, no. <laughs> I'm like, a portion of what? So, a the, portion, the like, of the beef, what is work-related and what is, I guess, private use. So, um. I like, if you've got a phone bill and you say you take phone calls during the day for work, you might say 20% of my phone usage is work-related and the 80% or the remaining 80% is um, private use. So, you can ah. only basically claim a deduction for 20% of your phone bill mm. over that year. Um, but then how do you work out what, like, the posi- – oh, I suppose you'd have to go through your calls, wouldn't you? Or it doesn't have to be too specific, but as long as you could sort of substantiate – like, if you say 20% and you work it out in real detail and it's 25%, mm-hmm. the ATO is not really going to care. But if you say 20, <laughs> 20% and it's actually, like, 50% or you say maybe 80% is business use and it's only 20%, ah. they're obviously going to mm. come they're after you a little bit. like. On. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard to justify that sort of a variance, but you don't need to actually go through every call log and be like highlight that was a business yeah. call, that wasn't like ah, they can't expect everyone okay. to do that. So it's just it's like with everything as long as you can kind of substantiate it in some sort of way, but um Brent, do you mean to tell me that the people at the ATO are reasonable? <laughs> I would not say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. No. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that yeah. statement. <laughs> I think as well, like, they don't want to sit there and um, yeah. check them for you either, so... That's fair. That's fair. Their job's a lot easier if you can just sort of say, yeah, that's basically what I've um, spent oh. or that's a reasonable apportionment. Going back to, I guess, like, paper trail proving... Uh, proving? Yes, that is a word. Proving. <laughs> um, I now realize that I have to go and amend my statement because I didn't include work from home stuff and I know the dates that I did work from home because I know that I have a an Instagram story where I was like (laughs) hey look it's it's me and my new workmate who was my cat and he was rude and I've got that video and then like on the final day I know that that was the final day that I was doing like full work from home because we had an office meeting and that's how I know, but like, would I need anything further? Or is the ATO just going to be like, oh yeah, video of a cat. All right. Seems I think, legit. <laughs> I think that sounds like pretty good evidence yeah. to me. Yeah. To okay. be honest, I don't even mm. think you'd need that. I think as long as you could like probably go back to your employer and say, mm. like maybe you just say, I work from these days and they sign off on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's probably like all you'd need to be honest. And to be honest, I probably wouldn't do that unless the ATO... Yeah, like you don't actually audited you on the matter. Mm. I would, as long as you think it's right and it's a good estimate, I'd say go ahead with it. 
but my cat's so beautiful. He mm. must be seen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to yeah. be like at you off. No, that's all right. And I was just going to say it also, like, it's a lot of it is reasonableness. So, you know, everyone knows COVID hit. So it's quite reasonable that most people were working from home March. 23. April. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's that. And even, even depending on your profession, because, you know, if you're a real estate agent, the ATU is going to expect that your phone claim is quite high, that your travel mm. claim is quite high. So That's it's true. also like it just, you know, reasonable reasonableness comes into it as well. Yeah. So like I guess uh, a real estate agent and their phone bill, it might be reasonable to say, yep, 80% of my phone usage is to do with professionalist yep. stuff mm-hmm. as opposed to someone who's like a graphic designer. That That's exactly it. <laughs> And it's not abnormal. Lots of people have business phones that are 95% business use. Mm. And so, yeah, don't stress too much over the percentage of things. A lot of things may be 100% for work or, Mm. you know, stationary and stuff will. I've had a client before who would tell us for every point he'd have, like, an inventory. And he'd have all those different pens. He was about 80. And he would would say what percentage of each pen was business use and what wasn't. He was so worried about being audited, yeah. But, yeah, you don't have to go to that extreme. I was going to say, that sounds really cute until you have to deal with that yeah, for more yeah. than mm-hmm. one lunch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the next question is, what are the obligations of a sole trader? Who wants to take it? So there, <laughs> there are a few things when you're a sole trader. Obviously, it's a bit harder than when you're just an individual. You know, with your individual return, it's going to be really straightforward. You're just going to have... You get your PAYG statement. Yeah, exactly. You check your... And it'll be things. beautifully pre-filled and your interest mm. will be there and any, any dividends you've you received. You just have to check your super. You don't have to go in and like triple check, yep. add um, things, do the maths. There was percentages involved when Brent talked about it. I was like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, obviously when you go into become a sole trader, you've got a lot more obligations depending on the size of your operation or what you do. I think one of the first big obligations you have is figuring out whether or not you need, well, you will need an ABN. So if you're trading as a sole trader, the first thing I would do is register for an ABN, which is- It takes 15 minutes and I was very surprised. I was like, sorry, what? Yeah. That's it? That's all you need? You don't need like 1,500 miles of paperwork and a vial of my blood harvested under the full moon? What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's very simple, (laughs) but I think it's something some people overlook because maybe someone just says look I want to start my own business it's something I'm going to do mm. from home still need a business number it's mm. o- easily overlooked mm. I can see that um, so that was the first big one the other one I would say for tax purposes is figuring out whether what you're doing is a hobby or a business mm. yep. so under tax regulation you don't really have any obligations if it's just a hobby but if it's a business you do need to start worrying about including your tax return and there are a few tests around determining whether or not you have a hobby or a business. That's the next step. Okay. Can you briefly give me an overview of that? Because I know that there'll be definitely some listeners out there who are like, okay, this is my primary business. This is my side hustle. But does it count as a, a business or just a hobby? There are lots of rules around it and there's lots of cases that have uh, gone to court over so what is, is and isn't. Those. It depends. But most of like what we're doing today is just going to be like a rule of thumb. So the rule mm. of thumb here is whether or not you have a profit-making intention is the one I'd really look at. So look, if you're really, you know, putting a lot into it, you're looking at making a lot of money from it, then I would say, yes, it's a business. Mm. Okay. Whereas if it's just like, well, I currently run a vintage boutique, shout out to Fetch Vintage. They're amazing. Look them up on Instagram. Um, and then let's just say, they also were 
baking cakes. But the intent for baking cakes was just like, oh, it's it, it would just be nice to have a little bit of extra cash around Christmas time. It's not so much a, I need to make money. It's like, eh, it would be nice. Yeah, yeah, like a good example I always think of is think of like a pensioner and maybe he loves making pottery in his spare time. And he may make a bit of pottery and occasionally he'll sell a piece here or there, but he's not really doing it to make money. Oh, uh, so okay. you don't have to include that in your tax return. He's not really running a business. Right. So it's not, so the intention doesn't just come down to like how much money you want to make and how seriously you're taking it. It's like, okay, but would you do this if you weren't getting paid? Yeah. Which somewhat. brings into so, so many other questions There's that millennials other, are meant to face. I'm yeah. like, oh, no, we're not touching that yeah. today. There are lots of other <laughs> tests as well. But, I mean, for the average person, like, mm. if you're serious about it, you're putting a lot of money into it, um, then, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a, it's and even, like, you know, if you if it's a hobby, it's something you do because you're passionate about, you're not usually going to advertise it. Yeah. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily mean, like, you know, you could be doing something for a hobby that pays a lot. Like... There's um, one of my dad's friends who breeds macaws and he does it because he loves macaws it. Macaws is in like the parrots. The bird. And the yeah. And he doesn't know what sound a macaw is. Yeah, yeah. That was a really good bird <laughs> Yeah. <sound>. yeah. <laughs> and um, he does it because he loves it and he doesn't like to sell them. But occasionally, like he's, I think he's got like 50 or something. Um, that's a lot of bird poop. Mm. <laughs> that's that's yeah. where my brain goes. I'm like, yeah. sorry, I have to clean up after how many? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And like he does it because he loves it. It's mm. always been in the family and he will sell one maybe once every few years to someone that's really close to him. But like one sale of that bird is like twenty to $30,000. It's that's a house yeah. deposit. My God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a car. But see, then that, that's still his hobby. He's not doing it to create right. accessible income. So okay. he doesn't, yeah, he wouldn't have to do that. Like that's just his hobby. Those are his pets. He doesn't want to sell them. They're not mm. money-making incentives. Oh, but okay. But yeah. at the same time, I wouldn't encourage people to yeah. be like, oh, no, this yeah. is just a hobby. Yeah, like, yeah. This is taxable. It's just yeah. a hobby. Absolutely. I only sell, like, the value of a car every other year. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing Nabila touched on yeah. that reminded me was advertising is one of the other mm. things they look at, like how actively you're advertising. And if you're oh. in an area that you don't really advertise, um, I'm sure there's lots of different places where you don't just put something, a billboard up. Yeah. Um, but like if you're networking, trying to get clients that way, like maybe you started a firm or something like that. Oh. So it's just like that actively pursuing, you know, the building of your business. If you're actually doing lead gen. If you actually like yeah. have a strong social media presence and you're inviting people, you've got the calls to action, you've done the marketing, the advertising, then they're like, this isn't a hobby though. Yeah. Mm. That's, um, that that that's profit making incentive mm. behind yeah. it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. And I think it's also important to know because sometimes like a lot of passion projects do ch turn into paying mm. projects. So it's really important to keep that in mind because I know some like creatives that I follow on Instagram, they just started by doodling pictures and it might be like, oh, I drew a picture of my friend's dog. Mm. And then my other friend asked me. And so like at that stage, it's still a hobby. But then once it starts becoming regular and then you're like, oh, should I stop my day job? And is that something I want to do full time? Uh. That's when you need to start looking at, okay, is it a hobby? Is it a business? Right. The ATA okay. website, though, is a good first point yeah. of call because mm. if you type in hobby versus business, there'll be a page there. And I'll probably have, I don't know, maybe six questions or something. It's like, do you do this? Do you do mm -hmm. that? You can just go through it one by one sort of say yes, no, and I might say you need to pass all of these, you need to pass two out of three, mm. just depending on what it is. Okay. Um, and then if you're still a little bit confused, then go and get some further advice. But that might be at least like a good first point of call just to check yourself. Or if you're really in a grey area too, it might yeah. be good to just check before 
you know, mm. the ATO yep. might knock on your door. So, mm-hmm. yep, always good to check before you get a visit from the ATO, yep. sounds like. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to cover on that topic, Liam? There was one more thing I think I would mention that you guys can do the last two if you want. I feel yeah. like I'm hogging the yeah. mic, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's um, just too professional, you see. <laughs> no. He's prepared, he's got his hundred hours. Yeah, I've been practicing for so long now. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> Um, yeah, the next point was when you make a loss, and usually when you're starting a business, you'll make a loss. The issue with as a sole trader, when you're making a loss, some people think you can offset that loss against your other income. So if you're work, if it's a side hustle, like you said, mm-hmm. and you're working a full time job on the side, some people think they'll just get a deduction for all the expenses they put into the business. But effectively, you can't do that. Those losses are isolated or quarantined, is what we call them technically. <laughs> quarantined. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's actually that's what it. Called. It's called quarantine oh losses. Yeah. yeah, PTSD. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. Can yeah. you go over that again for me? Because I think I zoned out for a second. That's right. Like, what? I, I was thinking as I was saying, and I'm like, does this make sense to like most nope. people? I don't know. Nope, I don't have a degree. Please explain again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So more or less, when you make a loss in a business, you've lost money. Some people yeah. think you'll get a deduction for any losses you make in your sole trading business against your other income. So if you're working as a salary and wage earner day to day. But unfortunately, those losses are quarantined. So they're kept on their own and they can't be applied against your other income. They can only be applied against income made in that business in future. Um, how, how do you and use it no. to cut? What? So losses are, so you've got a business. Yes. And you can either make a profit, so you've made money that year. Yes. Or you've made nothing that year and you've lost money oh, that's, okay. that's so what I mean like, is in loss oh, so usually okay, in your first okay. two years as a sole trader you might make a loss because you know you've got some expenses you've mm. only had a few clients come in you've only made a bit of money mm. then eventually you'll make more but yeah. in those first two years those losses can't be offset against your full-time mm. wage income things like that they just have to sit there but then when you start to make money in future you might not have to pay tax for a year or two because your profits are offset against those losses that have been waiting there Oh, okay. I think I understand. If I can um, add on to that. Yes, please. Like I'm personally actually in that situation. So um, four days a week, I work at an accounting firm with Brent and Liam. And so I get salary and wages from there. So that's my steady income. Mm -hmm. But then one day a week and weekends, I do freelance graphic design work. Can we link to it below? Yeah, sure, for sure. Um, And I'm sure most of the other graphic designers or arty people out there um know that the first few years breaking even yeah <laughs> is that, that? yeah <laughs> pretty much and um i'm one of those people which gets really excited about typism all typography conferences all design conferences so i've got a very long list of design related expenses combined with my adobe subscription and uh, yeah so what happens for me i guess the f- year one i've got my Uh, accounting income which is my salary and wages but then in my tax return because I am a sole trader I have what's called a business schedule and that's separate to my salary and wages Mm. and in my business schedule I've got my small income from the clients that do pay me to do design work. I love it when that happens. Yeah. You're like, I have so many <laughs> clients. Do I have paying clients? Don't yeah. ask that question. Don't, I've got don't a lot go of there. family which are like, oh, can you design this? I'm like, technically the answer is yes. yes. And um, so, yeah, so I have um, a big loss or mm. losses in year one. Just say my losses are, mm. I don't know, $2,000. 
Um, I mean, that's, I, I guess it's just yeah. part of like starting out yeah. because you have to get your work out there. You have to do, but it is still at the end of the day, yeah. a loss. Oh, absolutely. So <laughs> as, a, as a sole trader in my business schedule, I'll have um, $100 from doing design work for just say Paula. And then I've got my $2,000 worth of expenses. Mm-hmm. So there's a loss sitting in that business schedule. I then can't use that loss in my business schedule to then reduce my accounting income. Oh, okay. So you can't be like, hey, but I lost this much yeah. money in, in this job and therefore yep. I shouldn't have to pay that much tax yeah. because, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So people are like, but I work these two jobs and yep. this is my personal tax yep. return. And therefore it's like, mm, no, yeah. you pay tax based on the actual income, not you as a human being. Right. It's, um, mm. it's only... If you were to make income, then it's all lumped together. Yeah. It's yeah. just a rule to stop you from claiming those losses. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. All right, I think I understand. Unfor- yeah. Unfortunately, sort of the tax system, it feels like there's general rules and then yeah. it's like, politicians have come along at some stage and be like, except that thing now needs to be, have this own rule. Okay. And a lot of the systems just say like, yes, yeah. that's generally true. Oh, except for these five things. So it's so. like the English language, basically. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, so um, the letter F is pronounced F and the letter P is pronounced P. But the minute that you put a P and a H next to each other, it's a F. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Unless it's Paquette. Because <laughs> you figure that out. Yeah. I don't know. Because <laughs> I mispronounced that and that was funny for yeah. everyone at the adult stage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so um, deductions, obligations, right. I think I understand. Yeah, so you can't yeah. like offset the losses that you've made in your side hustle, which is definitely a side hustle, not a hobby. Yep. Against your mainstream income yes yeah. thank you for like <laughs> you you technically there's, there's a few rules around it which you yep. could do mm-hmm. that but it's very rare especially if you're a startup and mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of capital invested in your business um everything's going to be separate but the good thing is like after two or three years once your side hustle starts bringing in some income you don't lose those losses so just say year two i've now made five thousand dollars in my graphic design business the $2,000 loss that I had from the previous year will then reduce it. So in that year, I won't be paying tax on $5,000. i will only be paying tax on the 3000 Oh, okay, so because that's yeah. the actual income that you made over that period. Oh. Yeah. The other thing too is I think one of the exceptions too is for actors. So if you're an actor or actress, <laughs> yeah. look out oh, for that. Oh, there are so many of those as my doing, listeners. Oh, there you wonder- go. Yeah, no, yeah. wonderful. Please tell me yeah, more. Yeah, I okay. did a tax return for my friend who's an actress and yeah, they can claim those losses against their other income. It's just, a, I never knew it. It was just a random rule. Mm. I was looking it up, went through that ATO page for actors. I'm going to need you claim. to expand on that, please, Liam. So actors, actresses, however you... Sorry, I just scratched the mic. <laughs> however you choose to identify as the gender, whatever... Listen, please, lesbians. Liam, so I don't know why I'm doing this voice, but here we are, <laughs> and I'm going to stick with it now. Um, Liam, darling, tell me, as an yes. actor, I can now claim losses that I have made against the money that I make of my survival job. How? It's just one of those... <laughs> please explain. <laughs> <laughs> As I said before, it's just one of those random things. There's about four or five times when you can just claim these losses against your main income and actors and actresses are just one of those groups that are allowed to do that. So more or less ignore everything we just said if you're an actor or actress. So Okay, so you're allowed to be like, well, I had to go to this class. I had to 
you don't have to pay your agent. If you have to pay your agent, they're lying to you. Vocal classes, I've paid for a masterclass. I have paid for voice lessons because let's say I want to do musical theatre and I know that I need to constantly work on my instrument and I've paid for a gym membership because I have to be fit because that's what actors, actors have to look pretty. So, yeah, that's an interesting one again where we've got something that I'd have to touch on. But um, <laughs> I'm just throwing so many I'll, spanners at I'll you. you. Let's go through my friend, unnamed individual A. I'll go through her example. So she works in hospitality as her... Survival job. Survival job. Yeah, yep. that's a good way to put it, actually. Um, and as it's known in the booze. <laughs> yeah. And then she's got losses in her business schedule for acting. Uh, yeah, she's got things like her training, uh, bits and pieces like that, travel to different jobs. We had some working from home because she was doing a lot of roles during COVID online and auditions online. Mm-hmm. Um, and she made a small amount during the year. So she came up with a loss at the end. And instead of that loss being tucked away and not being added to the rest of the time, quarantined like yep. the rest of us. She doesn't have to quarantine <laughs> it. So it reduced her income from her hospitality positions. Excellent. So it was a good thing for her. So Okay, so now this applies to actors. Does it apply to live performers? So for example, if you're a musician who does primarily live gigs, would that be I'm testing I, you. I believe they were on that list. Yes. Oh, okay, so it's yeah. like live performers and people who like have. I think it was art, acting, live performance. I think it was along I those think we've lines. We've got a Google happening over here. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a Google? Excellent. But also, there's lots of other bits and pieces too. Yeah, it sounds like they're. This is definitely one of those cases, as it always is with actors. Why is it? <laughs> it it's very much like mm, it depends. Yeah. Let's let's see. Let's see. I think okay. it's good though that they have that because it's a good yeah. way to encourage people to, you know, pursue their career in arts. Because mm. I mean, people know it's not always the best mm. paid position, especially yeah, when you're starting sure. out. So I think it's good they're giving them a helping hand. One hundred percent. I am definitely all for people helping out artists. Is there anything else that we could um, touch on on that before we moved on to the next question? Uh, yeah, one thing I might go on to is uh, GST. Um, Ooh, yes. So uh, a bit confusing, I guess, for a lot of people who obviously haven't been involved in it previously or might have just started their business. But basically, in simple terms, if you think your income is going to be over seventy five thousand or once it reaches that stage, um, you need to um, register for GST. Um, you can do that yourself or you can call an accountant. Mm-hmm. They can do that on behalf of you. Um, also, that threshold isn't like dead set in the sense that you can't register if you're under that. So mm-hmm. you can register if you earn $1,000, but just once it's a hard line once you get to the 75, you need to be yeah. registered. Um, and then that obligation means that you need to lodge um, business activity statements, which Nabila sort of briefly explained before. Ah, so that's quarterly, not just... Uh, that's another... Four <laughs> monthly. <laughs> Four monthly? Topical, Four um, monthly. Oh, so you can either have annual ones, mm-hmm. um, which I find are very rare. I think I might have one client oh. that I know of that does that. It's very, very rare. Um, the most common one is obviously quarterly. Um, and they're just the standard quarters of um, a year. Yeah. So you've got Jan to March and so on. Um, and then you can also do monthly as well. And then, oh, not to get too technical, but there's cash and accrual basis and things like that. And there's other My options. My eyes have already closed over. Come again? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't worry too much about that, but um, that's probably like when you start handing it over to your account yeah. maybe is right. when you start hitting some questions like that. But um, 
you can also have other things on uh, business activity statements, say um, PAYG, and then you've got uh, income tax installments, which I guess is like a prepayment of tax. You can think of it that way. Um, and then sometimes you can have fuel tax credits, um, FBT um, expense, like prepayments of that. Um, but most people probably don't worry about that. Your main ones would just be GST and PAYG mm. are like the most common ones. Um, but also something to consider. So I guess if you've probably going to have to register for business activity statements and GST, um, you probably should, um, I guess you can keep it in Excel or something like that, but you probably want to start looking at getting an accounting software. Um, and there's plenty of options around and plenty of cheap options as well, like um, Zero, like <laughs> things like Zero, QuickBooks, a Reckon has their own one, but a lot of them are, you can get them for $10 a month or maybe less. Sometimes as well, if you um, go through an account, they have discounts as mm. sort of a... And you can claim that, right? Like you could claim yeah, the yeah. cost of claim. your accounting software yeah, as exactly. an expense. and that yep. Excellent. So that's good news. Um, oh, sorry, just yeah. to stop you there yeah. because I remembered something and I don't know whether we actually covered it and whether I'm like, oh, I'm smarty pants because I remember things that you've just taught me an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when it comes to like claiming things back on tax, it's not like you're going to get the full amount. It's always a percentage of that, right? Or it, yeah, yeah. Okay. But you would probably say a hundred percent of your accounting fee, uh, accounting package fees. Mm-hmm. So like your subscription would be related to your business. Like you probably don't have yeah. anything else you would use that for. for so sure. things like that would usually be a hundred percent. Or were you touching on how much? Well, sorry. are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, okay. It just okay. looked like you you bumped your elbow. Oh no no I know I know I was just like Ooh. okay there will be a bruise but you are okay. <laughs> Um, or were you talking about how much of a refund you'll get? Yeah, the refund. Oh, so uh, refund that, no, no, no. That, uh, I wasn't very clear. Thank you very much for elaborating, Brent. And so in terms of the refund of the actual... That depends on your tax bracket, the tax bracket uh, that you're in. So if you were in the top tax bracket and that's 47.5 cents in a dollar, then you would get, if you had a $100 deduction, you'd get $47.50 back. Uh, okay. Whereas if you're in a lower tax bracket... Um, then I think it's what is it nineteen cents or something? Mm. The lowest tax bracket. Yeah, yeah, you'd only get nineteen cent, nineteen dollars for every hundred dollar deduction. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I think I understand this. Right. Um, I just wanted to touch on that because yeah, I know that that point. was something that like exploded my mind. I was like, "What do you mean?" That was but fun. I did. I did the number things. I put it all together. Why don't I get the money back? Yeah, that's a good point. That was probably no. should have been one of our tax myths and misconceptions. Yeah. Where people like, I should just get the whole amount back, and it doesn't necessarily. Mm-hmm. Which is very work upsetting, and I would like to speak to whoever is in charge of that. Except if they're the ATU, because they scare me. I think <laughs> a good a good way of thinking about your deductions it is all they do is they reduce your income. Mm. They reduce your taxable income, and then your the tax that's applied on your taxable income is a sliding scale. So just mm. think of it as a step. Like the first step is like your first 19000 which is tax-free, and then you have your next step, which is the percentage, and the next step. And then as you get more money in your total, um, that percentage, I guess, falls into different brackets. Okay, excellent. Yep. Um, sorry, and I cut you off in the no, middle no, of something there. No, no, you're fine. It was a good okay. question. Yeah, just going back to the accounting software. So mm-hmm. it just makes it a lot easier to um, track your expenses, your income, and then obviously when you give that to an account or provide them access, it makes their job a lot easier. So usually they can quote you a lot less mm-hmm. rather than them sort of putting receipts and telling them for you, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So I guess it's win-win for everyone. And then a lot of them uh, have like special add-on products. So Receipt Bank, for example, um, I'm not sure exactly how much it costs, but I think it's pretty minimal and things like that. They like 
sort of a, it's a program that scans receipts for you and can almost like code it and you just almost oh. press like one button go yep that looks right okay and it oh, basically does the like work for having you having to take a photo of the receipt and then be like right here it is mr accountant person i hope you enjoy photos yeah. of receipts and bad lighting <laughs> so a lot of times like you get uh, an invoice to an email or something and then mm. what receipt bank or from what i've experienced is there's a receipt bank email that's designated to you you just go forward it basically adds that invoice and then that basically goes into your accounting software does a transaction almost for you. But then at, at the end of the day, like the account can just review that and make sure like, oh yeah, maybe that's gone mm. to the wrong account. They can change it for you. Okay. So it's not like the end of the world if it is slightly wrong, but it also recognizes GST. Um, so oh, most things generally do have GST, but there are some exceptions like um, fresh fruit and vegetables and foods. Um, if you're not making, well, as you were saying before, there are exceptions. You can register for GST if you're not making $75,000 yep. a year, but why, why, why would you? Um, I think it, it um, depends, it depends on your industry, yeah. I think. Like sometimes you might have an industry, this is just one that I know off the top of my head, but there are other examples. But I had a client that was a um, prawn fisherman, like had a trawler, went out. All his sales, because they're prawns, fresh, fresh mm. food, no GST on them. Mm. All his expenses, generally, like your fuel for your boat, um, repairs and maintenance on the boat, or your other just normal oh, stuff has GST. Yeah. And then you actually get a refund for the GST. So so it does work out better for him because for someone he like can't, that. Right, because yeah. he can't be like, well, what do you mean? I can't get money back for running my boat to the same spot in the ocean every day. I mean, I know it's my workplace, but is it really my workplace? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say it depends on sort of mm. the industry you're in. Another example of why you may decide to talk to an accountant and see if it is beneficial for you to register for it. The medical industry is another big yeah. one for that because any service they provide doesn't have GST on it, but they'll always they usually incur expenses which have GST on it. So they're almost always going to get uh, something back from the government with mm. every BAS. So. Okay. Depending on how their invoices are structured. Yeah. 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 Nice. And some industries like actually need it. So I know if you're an Uber driver, you have to be registered for GST. Otherwise, Uber will not give you a license. Weird. Yep. You need an ABN and registered for GST. Mm. I guess ABN, I could understand GST. Yep. I, I'm still confused on. But you know what? Mm. I, I'm i a little bit less confused now. <laughs> Thank you very much, they, guys. With the Uber example, they just don't want the drivers to be seen as employees yeah. is the issue there. Um, so the whole so you have to prevent an employee relationship. Because oh. oh. they have to give them benefits and pay them award rates and things like that. Right. So. And I think We're taxi drivers were whinging about them as well. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. it was cheaper because they didn't have yeah. GST. They didn't have well, to get yeah. the license and everything oh, like that. Oh, that's so. true. And then, interesting. Well, I will mm. definitely have to do like an episode on in not necessarily employment law but certainly around like employment contracts and like what does constitute an employee relationship and when should you go to your boss and say hey um you're not paying me enough but i'm definitely an employee yeah there's a lot on the ato about that about that that's Mm. another big thing especially Mm. the past few years about employers saying their employees Mm. are not employees but contractors they're just contractors it's like contractors who work Mm. the same day Mm. every Mm. week for the same number of Hours. So it's something that we've sort of looked a bit into. And I remember when we did our postgraduate studies at CA, we had to look at all the different tests of how to find out whether or not someone's an employee or a contractor oh. to try to prevent that type of stuff happening. But mm. yeah, There's like a lot of tests that you need to look mm. at because just because your employer says that you're a contractor doesn't yeah. 
actually mean that. Yeah, yeah. and I think that that certainly in the current economic environment over the past, what, like at least eight years mm-hmm. and definitely going forward, I think that that would be something that is really, really important for everyone mm-hmm. to have a yeah. look at because like work is becoming a lot less stable and people mm-hmm. are underemployed, not unemployed necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you all. Um, okay, so the next question I have for you guys is... Ah, yes, this one here. Thank you again for getting us back on track from this one, Liam. Um, but how has COVID-19 affected sole traders and the way that they do their tax? I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. We had, we had one. Oh, no, uh, another one. We had I missed one thing another one. Of, no, 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 just about the last one. We had oh, one generally. thing that Oop. I think we should... Do you think we should... T- oh, I think it's a big issue. Yeah, it's a big issue, yeah. Oh, okay, there's a big issue. I'm, I'm getting... Who's, this, who's the best person at Superhero Nabila? Off oh, you go. I don't, I don't know if I'm the Superannuation, best person. Superannuation, the gift that keeps on giving. Heck yeah. 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 I think um, with sole traders, yeah, superannu- like, superannuation is something that is quite important. Like, you don't mm. have to pay it, but... But it, you should, because yeah. you don't have an employer who's... Yes. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it's mandatory. Every employer has to pay an employee super... That is one of the best things that the Australian government has done, I reckon. I know that everyone's like, oh, it's a nanny stamp. I'm like, yeah, but everyone talks about having a 401k and do we actually mm. have it? No, not unless we make it mandatory. So I, I'm very much in favour of like, you have to pay yourself super. <laughs> okay, mm. you can do say that. Thing. I'm not going <laughs> to say that. You I'm, I'm going to say it. you have to pay no. yourself super you, if you are a sole yeah, trader. It's a good idea. You should, you should be paying yourself Mama super. Paula's going to yeah. be very disappointed yeah. if you don't. You've got to set up for your future. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, legally you don't have to, but... As but Mama Paula yes, says you but do. Mama Paula says you need to. <laughs> um, but it is your responsibility to pay that. Um, and when you do, there are benefits for for tax purposes. So there is a cap that you need to um, just keep in mind. It's a twenty five thousand dollar cap. So you would want to pay under twenty five thousand dollars during the year if you did decide to. And you'd also need to um, fill out what's called an intention to claim. Basically, what that is is a form that you send to your super fund to say, "Hey guys, um, I'm intention I'm intending to claim um, a deduction for my superannuation that I've paid during the year." And what that does allow you to do is you can then claim how much super you've put into your super fund as a deduction. So just say um, for myself, if I was doing my graphic design business and in this year I made twenty thousand dollars. Um, and I had, you know, some cash sitting around and I put $5,000 into my super fund and I processed that intention to claim form. When I come to do my tax return, um, my income will be 20000 and then I can get a deduction for that 5000 that I've paid, which will drop my assessable income down to $15,000. Um, so that is something that you need to keep in mind as a sole trader. So there is a benefit from a tax perspective as well as a long-term um, mm. perspective. Um, and yeah. this glowering small little lady on your shoulder going, do it! Benefits, <laughs> 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 yeah. apart from appeasing me. <laughs> yeah, the, the only thing I would say to that is just please look at the caps, especially mm. like, you know, you might not do it this year, you might do it in a few years ahead. The caps do keep changing. I know a few years ago it was 35, then it changed to 30. Uh, once you breach those caps, it is there are some penalties that get applied. So just... Make sure you have a look at those caps 
before you start pushing through large amounts into your super fund. Oh, okay, because then it looks to the ATO like you're trying to do some tax evasion thing or something. No, maybe. there's um, just nope. There's just, there's just, just limits yeah. to how much you can put in because you're getting a benefit from it. I'd say one of the good ways to look at making, uh, you know, submitting an amount to the super fund is that you get a deduction. So it's like it's like you've bought an expense for your business. So it's like maybe you bought a secondhand car for $10,000. You get the deduction for that and you pay less tax because of it. But on the other side, the money hasn't the money hasn't really gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's gone to your future. The money's still there. So it's sort of like a win-win situation is the way mm-hmm. I like to see it. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I think you also need to keep in mind how much you can, like in terms of cash flow, what yeah. you can afford, afford to put in aside because – that money, like if depending on how old you are, um, it might be like 20, 30, 40, 50 years till you can actually access it. Like I think at the moment it's, you know, you need to be like in your 60s. Yeah. I mean like yeah. they've made some exce- exceptions for yep. COVID, which which is understandable. But yep. yeah, that's, but that's a really good yeah, point. Just generally speaking, you're not going to be able to see that money for a long time. Mm. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, and I think now is a good time to reiterate too, we're not, technically allowed to give advice yeah. around superannuation. Yeah, this is, yeah. um, oh, okay, and not only around f- super? You'd okay. have to speak to a financial advisor yeah. about any claim, uh, any amounts you wish to oh, really? to super fund. Yeah. Okay, so like accountants deal with tax stuff and business care. I don't know. I'm not going to ask you to explain it, your job yeah. to me. <laughs> no, it, it's like there's. it's a big point of contention at the moment. So before we were allowed to give advice about five years ago, then they said only financial advisors can give advice. Um, and I presume that financial advisors don't necessarily need to be qualified accountants, but they do have to pay into their own like financial advisor union thing. Yeah, so it's usually they usually give advice on what you should buy, like should you buy a house, what portfolio, what shares, so like think of like stockbrokers and stuff like that. Oh wait, so um, um, she's on the money, Victoria Divine. She's a registered financial advisor, isn't she? And she gives her funny little number thingy at the end of every episode, and she's yeah, because to she'd have to do that. Yeah. Ah, so originally okay. we were able, accounts were able to do that. Now there's been a bunch of legislation. They're fighting over if we should be able to have that right again. But in the past few years, and at the moment, unless we've got this license, and some people, some accountants do mm-hmm. get it because there's a bridging course. I think you can do it at the moment. Okay. Um, you can give advice, but not uh, none of us here can. So. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, okay. All right. So, um, as with everything, of course, like. While the wonderful three people that I have got before me are experts in their field, like they are not experts in your situation. And so take everything as general advice, take it with a grain of salt and really like knuckle down and see if any of this applies to you and think about it before you apply it. Yeah. Okay. So superannuation. Yes. Very important. I'm really glad that we touched on that. Thank you very much for bringing me back from the next question. <laughs> it's like you want to get rid of us. <laughs> Don't be that way. Too much tax? No, I'm just I'm just afraid of the numbers and the, the alphabet soup. And then there's the ATO and I'd, I'd just get flustered. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, look, I'm, I reckon that a lot of people are also like, oh, this episode will help me, but it's so much like homework. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand. I think especially when you're a startup, like trying to understand and get your head around all mm. the different tax things, it does get overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, and I think that so many people start a business because they're so passionate about the yeah. thing that they do. And unfortunately for most business owners, once you get past a certain stage, it's like, oh, that thing that you're really passionate about doing, you're probably not going to do that for more than like 20% of your work week. Mm. Like the rest of it is paperwork and yeah. tax and finance stuff and Finding leads and oh, I'm already bored. Next 
question. Yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, next question is, how has COVID-19 affected sole traders and the way they do their tax? Yeah. <laughs> Love the enthusiasm. Thank you. Uh, yeah, probably one of the biggest things um, which some people might know about or may not know about is uh, JobKeeper. Um, yeah, so that's that- right. There's... Job keeper, job seeker, and now job maker is coming yeah. into Correct. play. Yes, too yes. many names, but um, so so many job jobby jobs. And job keeper two point and two point one. Oh god, it's too. Uh, no, we'll leave them for now. There's <laughs> <laughs> too many numbers involved now. Can we just yeah. go back to the first one? <laughs> um, I guess like simply it was sort of a government incentive, and especially if you're a sole trader, so what they call you as a business participant. And um, obviously, if you pass certain tests, you're entitled to the JobKeeper payments. So they used to be 1500 a fortnight um, up until end of September. And then the new end rate... End of September 2020, just yeah, in case sorry. you're listening to this uh, later. No, 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 that's fine. I'm just like, I must do the thing where I timestamp this so that people realise. It's all good. Um, and then it's now changed to uh, 1200 per fortnight. So I think... For full-time employees. For full-time, mm, yeah. yeah. There As is a s- time of recording. Yeah. So there, what there is another seven fifty uh, per fortnight, which is I think if you work twenty hours or less, is it twenty hours? It's just if you don't apply for the top one now. If you don't I think. apply for the top one, yeah. But the top what? So if I if I don't apply for the top job keeper keeper payment? Yeah. So there's okay. two strands. There's right. a. At the moment, at twelve hundred and fifty, and then I think it's a s- no, just twelve hundred, just twelve hundred, and then seven fifty. Okay, so twelve fifty. Seven fifty is in seven thousand five hundred. Seven hundred and fifty dollars okay. a fortnight. Sorry, and twelve, right. yeah, one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars a fortnight. All right. To get the the top one, one thousand two hundred and fifty, you need to do eighty hours within a eligible four month, isn't month, it? Yeah, month twenty eight twenty eight day period, not even a full month. Okay. Um, and it's they've given two dates. You have to check between you have a choice between the two of them it's okay. all probably a bit too technical yeah. uh what i would probably say is i guess if you're doing your business full-time you're probably entitled to the the mm. top rate if it's sort of a part-time yeah. business you may be the lower rate or probably right. would be um so what that what you have to do for that is you do a monthly declaration um well i guess once you've figured out if you're eligible or not you do a monthly declaration and then you're paid in arrears so for example um, the period that you worked in September, you lodge a declaration the start of October, and then you're paid for those fortnights in September. So you don't get the cash straight away, mm. but um, it's only really a month in arrears. Um, yeah. I would say if you have other employees and it's not just you, it would be probably best to consult your accountant yeah. if you have one. Yeah. yeah. Look, I think that it, it is one of those things where we are in globally in a really cash-strapped state the majority of us but i think that this is one of those areas where it is worth investing if obviously not everyone has the ability and it's not accessible to everyone but if you can invest in an accountant i I think that now at least to my eyes seems like a pretty good time to do that because it's just not worth missing out on five hundred dollars i mean even if you are paying your i I don't know how much accountant fees are but i'm assuming that like it's not going to cost me five hundred dollars for an hour of your time is it unlikely no depends on depends on the firm or depends on the path like if it's one of our directors yes if it's us no okay so just don't go to a director (laughs) i think that's another misconception though is that accountants cost like 
a house or something or like yeah. it's just too they're expensive. They're not lawyers. You guys don't pe- like no. charge in 15 minute increments. We do oh, six we minute do. increments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's even worse. Yeah. yeah. It's Wait, very sorry, similar. You actually do? You have to like timesheet in six minute? Yeah. In- yeah. How? Yeah. How do you do uh, every day? Yeah, this, this, <laughs> is, this is sometimes like a decider whether yeah. you want to go into public practice. Or that's why yeah. we're stumbling through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every day. And that's why Brent's struggling with like got to make productivity, yeah. got to be eighty yeah. percent productive yeah. and teach people. And no, sorry, my my brain is still lagging behind on the come again. So you have to account for six minutes. Does mm. that? But but things. But can you just like go? On, I don't know if you use like a software. Like, yeah, we have special software. Okay, so like we, we used and I can just hit like go and then it'll go yeah. and then I hit stop and yeah. then that's fine, but I don't have to account for like every six minutes in the day. You, you can, can bulk it out. You can, so like, like you could do lots of six minutes. So you could say just like have mm-hmm. 30 minutes blocked out and then you just type what you did. Yeah. Just some type of narration, which client, what type of matter it was, oh, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Oh my God, that is hideous. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry, you guys. Yes. Yeah. Six minutes. <laughs> Great fun. Yeah. It's six. Um, six minutes is enough time to make a cup of tea. Everyone needs to yeah. calm down. Yeah. I'm very upset. Yeah, it's great fun. Sorry, anyway, so um, accountants aren't as inaccessible and unaffordable yeah, as... Yeah, so if you're just looking for some just pretty general advice, which I guess like any of us could do, mm-hmm. even sometimes people at a little, little bit of a lower level could do as well, like maybe they spend an hour with you, um, you'll probably like find it a lot more beneficial as well. Like even just something as simple as someone explaining your tax return and just saying like, this is how it's calculated. Like, cause a lot of people just don't even understand how their tax is calculated, for example. But, um, if it's just general advice or anything like it, it's not that yeah. unaffordable. It's, I think where people get the misconception is more around like really specific related advice, mm. which would be like your big companies and stuff like that stuff can start costing yeah. a bit because it's really technical yeah. but the general stuff like we all sort of know it already mm. um a lot of people ask the same questions so we might have like emails drafted that we've sent to someone else so like yeah. it might only take us six Two minutes for six example <laughs> yeah, it like, may it, only it mi- take yeah, six it whole might minutes. just like oh. how many it'll emails do you have drafted brent because i feel like you <laughs> would have lot, this beautiful little like, library and it'd be like click 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 you think brent's organized <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not <laughs> Brent was meant to be the smartass, and now here you are swooping in and taking his crown, Liam. I feel bad now. Okay. <laughs> Zip. <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> no. no, there is like... We share that mantle. I think it is like very useful just to get some advice in general. If mm. if you really do like have questions, like even just like a phone call, like it, it might just take six minutes. I keep saying six minutes, but... <laughs> because just, we are Because that's what we're putting time down, but... Yeah. But yeah, minutes. it might literally be like a minute. You might just be like, hey, um, I've got this question about such and such. Can you explain it? A lot of times if they don't know the answer, like they're not going to charge you for it. They'll put the phone down. They'll be like, I'll go research it, mm, yeah. um, give you an answer. They'll send you an email, give you a call back. Like, oh, okay, so usually it doesn't have to be like... It doesn't have to be like straight away. They won't hold you on the phone for 30 minutes going, I'll research it for you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They're not going to waste your time doing something like that. Yeah, well, um, I mean, it's also your time as well. Yeah. Like, well, exactly, like, yeah. well, let me just stop what I was in the middle of for 30 minutes and I'll just, uh, just have yeah. a little... I think some people occasionally find it a bit 
I think maybe they think we're expensive. They'll see the charge yeah. out rates and stuff. Because mm. obviously when we start working with someone, they'll get a letter and it'll show how much we charge per hour for like what mm. each type of role and individual. And I mean, it isn't cheap, but often we won't need to spend, if it is general advice, we're not going to spend an hour. So, mm. you know, if our charge at rate's 250, I'm not going to probably spend an hour explaining a basic thing to you. It might only be two six minute slots. Mm. So it's a lot cheaper than what you think. Um, and it can clarify things. Also, we do have lots of clients where mostly when they've got more employees where, you know, even if it does take us two or three hours to do all the JobKeeper work for them and get it all set up and do the declarations, you got to think about it. If they've got five or six employees and they're getting $1,500 per employee, there's a huge benefit there. So, yeah. you know. Particularly because then they can actually do, you know, the running the business thing as yeah. opposed to the making sure the business is running legally, taxationally. Yeah. Word soup elite. Yeah. So if and then if you're getting you know six grand every uh, fortnight for the next you know three months, like mm-hmm. that five hundred dollar to a thousand dollar investment is sort of nothing in the scope of things. But I know something to keep in mind. Also, mm-hmm. all of our fees are tax deductible. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go, yeah. folks. You heard it from the horse's mouth. You're not yeah. a horse, but you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> I think it's also important to remember, like. It's also value-based. So, for example, I've got a client and, you know, her tax return might usually or supposed to take a certain amount of time and it might take a lot longer. It's not hard and fast rule that mm. every dollar is charged on. Um, but also sometimes a client might call and it'll be a two-minute conversation which will save them, yeah, you know, mm. like a big amount of That's money true. just because they checked in. And, so, like, we're very reasonable. Yeah. If something does take a long time and we go, hey, nah. look, that took longer than it should. Yeah. Or, look, we were broadening our, you know, Scope our, our knowledge research. and things yeah. like that. Or if you you gave it to a junior mm. staff and, yeah, it took them long because they're learning, yeah. then usually we would reduce the yeah. fee. I think yeah, as well, like, um, especially when you go and visit, like, a new account or say mm. it's your first time and you want to engage an account, most of the initial meetings – no one charges for because they're just no getting one to know. Charges for like initial consultations no. because that's like, well, you have to make this decision here. I can't charge you to to just sit down and be like, "Hello, this is my problem." Yeah, so you don't need to worry obviously about any costs there. Mm. You just sort of getting to know them, see if maybe they're um, beneficial to you, mm. and then also if you're really um, worried about costings of things, you can always request a quote. Um, mm. Just say. How much would you charge for this? Um, obviously, if there is other parts, we'll probably call you and say, like, look, we quoted for this, but you've sent us all this other stuff. It'll be an extra. Do you want to go through with it or not? It's completely up to you whether you decide to or not. It's not like a hard and fast rule where once you're in, like, you're going to just get charged for every single thing. It's like, not like a gym membership where yeah. you're like, and you can cancel your membership during these two days a week with this one 45-minute time slot and at the actual place where you have your gym. Yeah. I didn't have to go through that recently. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so back to, so we've covered a bit about JobKeeper. Was there anything that you wanted to talk about with JobSeeker, Brent? Um, oh, one thing I might just add mm. back with JobKeeper, mm. um, it's also accessible income just mm. to um, sole traders. So and you will is. have to, inc- so basically <laughs> it goes in as income. So it's ah. not just like you're getting the $1,200. You don't have to pay tax on that. Um, so that basically just goes towards your business income and you pay tax on obviously your net business income. Um, I don't think there's... What? So wait, Sorry. so assess- can you repeat that? So accessible income is what and then net business income is so what? So your accessible income is basically the income that you earn. So your job keeper, say your sales, for example. Um, I don't know. 
what else, what other like income you might make from your business or different strands. Um, and then you've obviously got your business expenses and your net income is income less expenses basically. And uh, that's okay. what you pay tax on is the net amount. Right, which is why we talked about the losses before because yep. it's like, but I made a loss, so it is negative. So I could put it here. No, can't yeah, put it exactly. <laughs> Quarantine. Yep. Yeah. Except if you're an actor or actress. Yes. Or, yeah. or a live performer. Yes. Well, there's other tests. There are other t- go to yeah. the ITO website. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, and so that's job keeper. Now yep. job seeker. <laughs> Anything that you wanted to cover there, or I, I guess as job a sole trader, like mm, job seekers really. for people looking for work, yeah. and it's not really our field. Mm. That's like Centrelink mm. type yep. of stuff. So we really can't talk yeah. much. I, I don't know yeah. if I know much. The only thing that. It would just obviously go towards your income. It'd be like if yeah. you receive Centrelink payments, and then you obviously yeah. complete your tax return. Yeah. But from an accounting point of uh, point of view, yeah. like there's nothing we really do. We don't yeah. really run into that. It. Yeah. Okay. Um, was there anything else that you reckon has changed for salt readers and how they kind of have to deal with tax given the you know global pandemic thing? I guess <laughs> like that that small detail. <laughs> a good way to sum it up is there's been so many concessions given to businesses yep. mm. um, and individuals. Yeah, since um, the since the budget came out, um, yeah. actually, th- Liam was covering for me earlier and was like, "Yeah, no, the reason why like this is um, taken us, you know, like we've been delaying because you wanted to make sure that we could cover the budget, right? Like the one 100%. that was the one that was meant to come out in in April and and then it got delayed. So." <laughs> Yeah, we're tying it in, right? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, we're just so well prepared. <laughs> you are. You you guys are really well prepared. Like you have done the most homework out of anyone who has come on this show. And I am really, really grateful for the time, effort, and once again, that you actually have made the time to do this. Um, just for the listeners to, to let you in. Um, we've been trying to tee this up since late April. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we coincidentally met at a, uh, a networking event and then pandemic hit like two weeks later it was like mm-hmm. oh so guess that's a no right now hey <laughs> <laughs> and then i know that it was end of financial year for you guys so it's like mm, um rain check and then yeah. figuring out job keeper and just yeah, such oh, a, oh, yeah um, no, and then like we had to wait until the budget was announced yeah exactly yeah, actually yeah, that was the only thing yeah, yeah that that was it <laughs> Sorry, continue. please continue to cover for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, no, there's just been lots of things like uh, businesses can instantly write off a lot of the assets they purchase now. So before you would have to depreciate those assets, which more or less in a basic sense means that if you bought a computer, you could only claim a deduction for 20% of that computer's value over the next five years. Uh, instead, now you just can claim it all in one go, and you can do I that. Like that, yeah. I like that. Up to almost any. Is it any value now? Yeah. Amazing now. What? As of as of last week. Well, last yeah. week, yeah. So. Ah, uh, so this is part of um, Treasurer Josh Frydenberg's mm. thing to be like, yes. people mm-hmm. should go out and spend money because we have to have a private sector-led yep. recovery for yep, the economy. Basically. But then yep. before that, they changed it to I think oh. when COVID hit. It was like a three hundred thousand dollar cap anyway, which was uh, huge. It was always mm. it was always about twenty, building up to thirty percent, and then it just mm. came out out of nowhere. We're now going to give deductions for anything under three hundred thousand. Now it's pretty much anything for even large companies. So, so you could like, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't purchase an apartment and call it a bit. Well, you could if you made it your office, I guess. But then that, mm. never mind. I'm uh, gonna, yeah, let's, oh like, let's not go into that. Yeah. <laughs> You can buy a fleet of cars for your business now, basically. $300,000, my God. 
Yikes. But with those cars too, there's another rule. There's oh, a okay. luxury vehicle limit. So okay. you, you can't just go buy a Porsche. So it can't be a Toyota Hilux then? No, it can be? Hilux would be fine. Hilux would be Hilux fine. Or fine? a ute. An expensive ute would yeah. be okay. fine. super expensive ute is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a Porsche Cayenne, not so much. Yeah, yeah. luxury cars. <laughs> Sorry. Um, back onto topic. So yep. things that have changed is you can. there is now a $300,000 cap on the no, now assets. It's, now yeah. it's almost on. Oh, now it's almost now. non-existent. We've increased it again, yeah. You, you look up at the sky and you can't see yep. the limit. So pretty much any asset that is that can be capitalised can be written off in the year. So... Okay. So it has to be making you money. Yeah, it needs to be. It right. needs to have a so business. So I can't be like, well, it I really like use. this solid gold statue of yeah. <laughs> of yeah. Ronaldo with the funny face. I really like it. It brings me joy, and therefore I will write it off. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> yeah. Apart from that, they've changed individual income tax rates, which has been a big change. So, I mean, I don't know how technical you want to get, but. The rates have changed from... I am a novice, but if you could give me an overview, that would be lovely. Pretty much the lowest tax bracket's been extended further to okay. 45000 So right. you are only paying 19 cents in the dollar of tax, mm-hmm. um, up to $45,000 now. And then if you are earning up to $120,000, you're only paying 32.5 cents tax. And I think before it was 37 the caps yeah, were yeah different. something like okay. that. Yeah. Or so, if there are any m- people who are earning that highest tax bracket yeah. listening, please feel free to <laughs> get in touch and let me know that I should start a Patreon. <laughs> but it pretty much means if you are earning forty five thousand plus a year, you're going to get. I think it came out to twenty one dollars a week more money from your pay mm. going forward from now. So you should see that coming through. So that's Heck yeah. good. So something this to look nice. forward to. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> and then obviously if you're on the 120000 I think you get like $40 a week benefit. So, I mean, congratulations if you're earning that amount anyway. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> Most impressive. Well done. <laughs> but I think that's all the yeah, changes the that really matter to the sole traders. Mm, okay. So, yeah. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Um, Right. Now... Mm, okay, final question is, generally speaking, what would you advise sole traders to do right now for their financial health? So obviously we are a fair bit out from the next like tax time quarter thingy um, <laughs> from the next time when people have to submit the tax returns. But what could people do in the lead up? What are some processes that they could put in place Um Brent, you mentioned either, you know, if they're a business and they've got uh, GST and things like that, getting a software like Zero or uh, There's the other multiple. one. There's QuickBooks, Rec and things like that. I would mm-hmm. say that's a really big thing. Yeah. Just, um, it's not even just necessarily like for the accounts per- perspective, but it's just you realizing what you're spending money on mm. or like how much you're earning. Like a lot of times if you've got an Excel spreadsheet or a lot of um, sole traders will just at the end of the year, grab all their receipts, tally them up. And they've got no idea how much they've spent mm. the whole year. And sometimes... Do the old trick where you try and spray them with hairspray to make yeah. the ink stay on longer. <laughs> <laughs> so you might have spent stuff on things that may be not necessary or mm. you may not have realised how much you spent on something. Like you might have a subscription to something you're like, oh, I don't actually really need that subscription, but I'm paying $50 a month and I'm only making $1,000 a year, for example, or something like that. Like really knowing your numbers is a is a mm. big thing, I find. Like, And I guess it's also like... The, the correct numbers and placing the focus where it needs to be. I guess if you have an Excel spreadsheet, sure, you can have all the information in there, but like you may not have the prompts to go, and this thing, and you're yeah. like, what about that thing? Yeah. And usually but an Excel <laughs> spreadsheet can be very overwhelming. Like yeah. even for us, when I get some mm-hmm. spreadsheets from clients, it's just numbers everywhere. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, 
when it's put into zero, you can, I think one of the points here was mm. you can look at a profit and loss. And that's one of the important things for a business, like seeing I'm actually making money. Because the worst thing that could happen is one day you're like, where did all my money go? And then you look <laughs> and the business has been losing money for a long time and you could have done things to turn around earlier mm. uh, and now it's all too late. So I think, yeah, one of our points was, I suppose, get yeah. accounting software and get to know your profit and loss. Just see mm. where everything's at. See what you're spending yeah. your money on. See how much money you're really bringing in. Um, so you really know your position. And it sounds like you mentioned before break was the figure like 10 bucks a month is that for like a, a sort of yeah, a cheap basic possibly one? it could yeah. be lower but like i know there is definitely a tender option in yeah. a lot of softwares i mean um, that's like a spotify premium account guys yeah, yeah. Like, and also think of the benefit too like how much time you'd save and all that stress mm. at the end of year mm. and i i don't know but for me i i like to know where things are at like oh, i don't i'm not a sole trader but i just like to know where things are. i've got budgets and stuff for myself there's something a bit relaxing uh, and calming you're to, a budgeter yeah yes <laughs> there's something calming knowing where you're sitting and I, oh I, yeah. I don't disagree yeah. I think that um there there was this great slogan it's like the world belongs to those who check and I'm like oh oh that is adulthood isn't it <laughs> <laughs> you got to check you can't just be like it'll be fine I hope yeah. it's also like if you keep it up to date as well you'll mm. probably not miss the expenses you might mm. um if you just do it all at one period at the end of the year like yeah you'll you could easily have lost forget. receipts you'll forget mm. you spent money on something that you can claim for like i guess mm. you're basically claiming everything you can and it's just easier to keep up to date with things for and sure another thing i might add is just if you have a little side business or you know you're a sole trader have separate bank accounts because what um what i've personally found is um i was using one bank account and um, all my money was coming in from my accounting job and it was going out on all these design courses and I was paying for all this expensive paint and um, a lot of my design work was getting floated by my accounting income. And mm. so then I decided, okay, I need to really split the two out because I would only then realize like quarterly or at the end of the year when I'm doing my tax return to say, hey, I actually spent like a thousand dollars on paints. Maybe I should have spent yeah. less on the paints. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm exactly you, the yeah. same. I had to like create like different bank accounts for myself. I'm like, okay, this is this type of savings yeah. account and this is this type of savings and this is this and this and this. And I have, I have five different savings accounts, but it means that I actually save as opposed to being like, that is how much money I have and I will spend it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is not a good idea. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. I definitely agree with that too. Yeah. I have multiple savings accounts mm. and it just makes everything feel a lot. Like, mm. you know what, yeah. what's there for what. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you like, can always move yeah. it across. You can be mm. like, oh, whoop, I, have, I have specifically have an oh shit account. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, <laughs> 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 whoops. <laughs> yeah. Definitely need that. And it's good. Like, I think it holds you accountable because you'll have a look in your business bank account and be like, well, I don't have this much money to spend on all these things. Mm. Maybe I need to push some of my sales. Yeah, yeah. maybe I need to do a sale. Maybe mm. I need to do a promotion. Maybe yeah. I... Maybe I can go, you know what, I will buy the expensive paints, but I will be cognitively aware that this yeah. is definitely a splurge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm. And and I think it also really helps, like, just even when you do do your taxes at the end of the year, because everything is separate, so you're not going through your personal account and, like, going through 20 transactions from you and, like, McDonald's mm. to get to the <laughs> one, which is, like, <laughs> you laugh because mm. you know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that does make sense. Okay, so was there anything else in terms of like general advice that you guys wanted to give or like? I think on that point, a good one is keep aside some tax, maybe in a separate account. Mm -hmm. yeah. Have a look at how much tax you had to pay last year um, and 
just budget that out throughout all your pays. So it's there in case you need to pay tax again. Ah, so you can be your, oh shit, it's tax account. Yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. Yeah. That's apt con- <laughs> considering what we were just talking about. So yeah, that's my only. Uh, one thing I might just add is um, another benefit to having an account, not to spruce us up too much. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, not to toot my own horn, yeah. the horn which I spent but, a significant um, amount of time training and <laughs> um, getting skilled in. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but yeah, if you um, get an accountant, then you have an extension for lodgement. So we can still do your tax um, early on in the year. But then obviously, if you do have a payable, you can lodge it um, possibly. Usually it's around 15 May. Um, there are like some situations mm. where it may be different. But if you're just doing your own tax, it's usually 31 October. But yeah, it can be pushed to 15 May the following year. Yeah. So you almost have like yes. another... I'm well Eight months or something like yeah. that. Um, because um, my, my family, I go in with my parents and we yeah. all like go in and put our stuff into the accounts at the same time. And we're all like, okay, but have you done your tax? Because we're waiting on you. Yeah. Dad, come on. <laughs> 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 it was me this year. Whoops. So that can help with like planning. If you do have a tax bill or something, you, you mm. can maybe start putting some money aside yeah. for that over that period mm. of time. And you guys are tax deductible. Mm. Yep. Exactly. And also worst comes to worst. If you do have a tax payable that you didn't expect, I would say don't ignore it. Call the ATO. Probably a bad idea they, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> they will I would sh- say that's actually arguable with any unexpected <laughs> amount yeah. of money yeah. that you have to pay yeah. and you didn't count You'd on You'd be surprised paying. the amount of people who just put in a too hard basket though and leave yeah. it. Yeah. But definitely they will charge you interest. But one of the things they're pretty good at is if you call and ask, they will remove any interest they've charged you and any fees and just ask them to put you on a payment arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't charge you oh, any interest. I had interest. to do that. I had to do oh, that actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was on a payment arrangement. I was like, oh, this yeah. is a big scary thing. Yeah. But I think, like, it just it gets you on track faster. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to get worse. Um, so I'd definitely recommend calling them. Also, mm-hmm. it's really flexible. Like, it's sort of up to you to decide how often you pay, how when you want to pay it uh, by. I think they usually say it has to be less than 24 months to yeah. repay it. Um, but, yeah, I'd definitely recommend that. Yeah. And I guess just to, to clarify with my personal little anecdote there, I had to like go on a payment plan, paid the thing, and then I decided without telling anyone that I was just going to pay the rest off. And mm. that's why I kept on getting those emails. Uh, and that kind of led to me getting freaked out and yelling at my account and being like, Alex, <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> Tell me that I owe the money, but this thing is zero and I don't know if I messed up. <laughs> so just, just as a clarification, that's not because the ATO pursued me I, I didn't do anything wrong, I swear. I just didn't tell them that I did the good thing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of their stuff is sometimes automated. It is. Mm. And, like, so just tell them so you don't get freaked out by texts coming in going, you, the ATO has sent a text message to your MyGov account. Like, why? Mm. <laughs> um, the other thing that I get asked often, um, especially with startups and sole traders, is if you've got different income streams, do you need a separate ABN? Mm. And the answer is no. So if, um, unless you change your structure. So what's the structure? Like what cl- what classifies Ooh. the structure? <laughs> like I've opened yeah. like yeah. another oh. can. <laughs> <laughs> this is an entirely different podcast episode. <laughs> um, so in a nutshell, your structure is just basically the entity in which you trade from. So there's four. Mm-hmm. There's a sole trader. Which is you as an individual. Oh, so it's the business structure. Yeah, it's not like I am no longer doing face painting. I'm now doing podcasting yeah. and so i wouldn't have to get a new abn for that would i no uh-huh. as long as you as long as you're still a sole trader so yeah. if you set up um, a company for your podcast 
then you would need an ABN. Yeah. But I have a, a lot of clients which are like call up and like, hey, I um I do painting and I've got my ABN, but now I'm going to start um contracting mm. doing something else. Um that as a sole trader, you will still use the same ABN. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Right. So that's just one that's thing I get asked quite often. Mm. No, thank you. That that's mm. a really good point. And I think that sometimes like you were saying, you know, a passion project can go from a passion project to actually like a proper side hustle, actual business and not just a hobby anymore. Yep. And it's at what point do you have to go, oh, maybe I need to consider putting this into my tax. It's mm-hmm. the same with you've grown and you perhaps haven't made the thing of, oh, that's right. I do need to change my ABN because well, why would you think of changing your ABN when you now have like an employee to look after or something? Yeah. So, so you would only have one ABN. Mm-mm. Based on your, yeah, mm. as a sole trader. Yeah, but then you, sorry, you, you would need to change it to, no? No. I um, wouldn't have to change it if I was suddenly a company? Oh, so so if you're a company, the yeah. company would need its own ABN. Ah, uh, so okay. Cool. Every different structure will have its own ABN, but if you have different income streams as a sole trader, you would only have one ABN. Ah, uh, okay. So um, let's take the example of your lovely friend, Liam. So yeah. she is an actress and she also has a survival job. She would only require one ABN, um, yeah. even if, let's say, that survival job was like she somehow runs a restaurant and is also an actress. Like it's a different way because an ABN isn't for like your salary and wage, mm. it's for your business. So it's if it, as she's an actress and that's yeah. what ABN's and, there and for. And she sells And then cakes. she decides, I'm going to do pottery or sell oh, cake. Okay. Yeah, that's right. what it's fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because right. yeah. to be an employee, you don't need an ABN. Yeah. No, but, okay. Yeah. Another thing I will say though is if you uh, do want to set up a company or a trust, then definitely go to your accountant. We'll mm. prepare the trustee, the company constitution, um, apply for a like tax a file number, ABN, words. lots of, yeah. I'm ready for you to do that for mm. me. Yeah. <laughs> if and yeah. when that happens, I'm like, mm, no. I definitely don't think it's something you should just tackle on your own because no. there's too much technicalities to it. And mm. you definitely also want to speak to someone to see whether it's even right for you. It's no mm. point spending all this money to then find out the structure doesn't work. So. Yeah, totally fair. And each um, and each structure has like pros and cons, which are really important, especially when you're starting up. Like mm-hmm. you'd want to have the right things in place depending on how risky your business is and um, all of those bits and pieces. That's a whole nother dark yeah, tunnel to go yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally fair, totally fair. Um, speed run of the Things I've Never Said segment. All right, thank you guys so much so much for your time i know that we've gone pretty significantly over what we said we were going to do but i really appreciate you taking the time to like clarify some points and go through things <laughs> you can finish that sweet don't worry <laughs> that needs to go down no thank you no, for having no. us it's been yeah. a really cool you know opportunity well, i mean i'm very happy to have you so we are going to do a really quick round of the three submissions that we had for the things i've never said segment so the things i've never said segment is when we accept anonymous submissions and confessions from our listeners on the topic we discuss we had three this time around um so the first of which is i know like nothing about tax and i just go to my parents accountant same is there anything i should ask them or something to make sure i don't make a stupid mistake in we ju- had to have a quick sweetie break. So, like, just as a, a heads up to yeah. anyone listening. <laughs> they have really good sweets here. Mm. Mm, no, they're, they're the good, um, the natural confectionery company ones. And, of course, they got, like, the most chewy lollies yeah. too. So, it's like, yeah, can't really I, answer. Honestly, <laughs> I reckon that we, we should opt for, like, hard candies instead mm. on the table because then you can at least, yeah. like, flick it to one side of your mouth. And then you've also got red skins, which is also, like, 
notoriously like <laughs> chewy. Oh my God, I used to have them in high school. I know. <laughs> Flashback. Okay, anyway, so yeah. what is there anything that the listener should ask to make sure that she doesn't make like a silly mistake? Is there anything that... Um, so if he does her tax for her each year, mm-hmm. I would assume that, you know, as long as he's a competent accountant, he would ask anything that he thinks oh, well, they would I need. Mean, they, they, they may, they may be gender non-conforming. They, they may be, uh, they may be as a female. As long as he, she, yeah. the, the accountant, as yeah. long as they the, are, yeah, yeah, she shouldn't have to worry too much. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I'd say if you think something should be deductible, bring it up. Like, there's yeah. no harm mm-hmm. in, in asking them. It's their job to tell you yes or no. And maybe it was something that they just overlooked, and they're like, oh, yeah, I can claim that for you. Mm. So I would just be open. You know, bring yeah. everything you think's relevant, and then they can cull it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Okay. Number two. I am an artist slash sole trader. What key info slash paperwork do I have to keep track of as I go? And what can I just do in bulk at tax time? Oh, I think, um, okay, what I've decided to do, because I, my first year as a sole trader, like in my little business, um, I left it and it was so annoying to do at the end. So what I would highly recommend is find a strategy that's quick and easy that works for you. So anything or any bits and pieces that you purchase for in relation to your work, if you've got an invoice, maybe keep like a container or something in your car and just always put it in that one spot so that when it comes down to the end of the year, you've got everything together. The key paperwork that you need to keep um, is the income that you earned. Mm -hmm. So if you've, you know, if everything is coming into one bank account and your friends are transferring you money for the holiday that you're going Mm -hmm. on um, at the end of the year. Lunch right next to client invoice 00 whatever. (laughs) Exactly. I think it's really important to make sure that you keep those clearly marked because what you don't want is to have things which are like, you know, non-income. So you need to make sure you keep your income clear. Um, in terms of your expenses, um, like, you know, we touched on a bit before, um, things which relate f- to you gaining that accessible income, you'd probably be best to keep records of all of that. I know um, my sister, um, she's pretty organized. What she does is a lot of her um, invoices come via email and she's just got a little folder in mm-hmm. her Gmail which says tax. So as soon as the invoice gets sent to her to confirm that she's paid it, she just... Oh yeah, she can just move it to that folder. She can put a label on it so that even if like you're not moving it into the folder, it's super easy to keep track of and easy to find as you go along. So So you can still technically kind of leave it all to the end as long as you You keep labeling it. Yeah, I think that's that's a good tool because if you leave it all to the end, um, there's a chance that you get things missed Mm. unless you go through your bank account in a lot of detail and look Mm. at every line transaction. Mm. But then that's going to be quite time consuming. Um, But I think those are the key things, just like making sure you've recorded your income, your expenses. Um, Was there anything else you guys can think of to add on to that? I think that's fine. Mm. I think that's basically Mm. it. Sweet. And then the final one. I'm going to throw this to Brett. What is a common mistake you guys see as accountants and how do I avoid it in my personal tax returns? Crying, laughing, emoji face. I felt uh, that that was very important to communicate. Tough one. I feel like you've stitched Brent up here. Um, <laughs> well, he was the only one who had an answer to... Common mistake. Um, it's a hard one too yeah. because the issue is we just get all the information, we do the returns. We don't really see what someone does for their own. Oh, So okay. it's like... Is there anything that like... Is it more so like um, them sending us 
Or are they just doing it themselves and they make a mistake? Think they can claim lunches, maybe? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or I think maybe it's them doing, them doing it themselves. themselves. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what, what do I have to avoid? Because it sounds like this person doesn't have an accountant. So I'd assume yeah. they're yeah, like... I'm probably assuming. Yeah. I don't know there's necessarily a mistake, <laughs> but I'd probably just say an error would be either missing out on deductions mm-hmm. you're entitled to, um, which a lot of people do, or claiming incorrect deductions mm. is probably the biggest thing. Most people's income is usually fine, like because a lot of it comes through from the um, ATO as well, like your wages, your interest. Um, if you have some shares, you might have some dividends. Mm. Um, but most of that stuff's pretty standard and most people know what their income is, but it's the deductions they can claim and whether they can claim them. It's usually, I guess, the biggest issue oh, that okay. I find. Yeah. All right. And um, is there any? Oh, sorry. Oh no, say. I was just going to add on to um, what Bryn said about the um, about some of the deductions. I had, I have, um, I, I had a client who for many years constantly sent me all her um, doctor's appointments and like all her the charges for her personal health. Um, so like if she went and saw, I mean, if she's an athlete, uh, maybe no, no it's. You used to be able to get yeah. a benefit from it be- yeah. before my time. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's I just like know that it was, it was like before my time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like 2010 yeah. or something. 2015 or something. Really? Oh, yeah. see. Yeah. That was after I started okay. and people were mm. still sending them in. But yeah. yeah. I still yeah. get clients to this day that send in yeah. like, yeah, every single one of their appointments. Mm. And ah, it's like, well, I hope that your hernia cleaned up, but I don't <laughs> yeah. need to know about it. Thank Legitly. You. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so glad to hear that that worked. Um, don't want to know about it. <laughs> Even um, I have um, one client which always tries to um, claim her makeup. And I think she... That sounds w- like a big technicality. Yeah. yeah well... Some people can claim some it. Yeah, some. yeah. So who would be able to claim... I mean, maybe Act- maybe an actors, actor actresses. or a live performer. Yeah. Oh, um, maybe. Yeah. Journalists. Oh, yeah. I suppose mm-hmm. like if it's part of your job to like be on TV and mm-hmm. stuff, yep. then yep. it yep. makes sense. But yeah, her profession wasn't. I think uh, she was in professional services. Oh, okay. Ugh, gosh, that's so difficult then because mm-hmm. it's like in professional... Su- God, it's yeah, such a grey area. Is, it is a bit of a grey oh, area. bugger. Right. In the same way that I would say send the accountant everything yeah. and let them make yeah, the determination yeah. as opposed yeah. to not sending Holding it because you don't know. Like yeah. They can easily just go... Well, I don't oh, need that. I don't yeah. I can't need that. use that. Yeah. Can't use yeah. that. Tick flick. And whatever. don't think we're going to like judge you or something. No. It's really not like <laughs> yeah. as you, you guys. You don't yeah. gather around the water cooler no. and go, oh my God, you will not believe <laughs> yeah. what Stacey sent <laughs> yeah. me. Depending on yeah. whether it's like cut off or not, but it, like yeah. we had to wait and like think about it for a bit before we could come out with things just because like we don't really mind. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to mm. have any hard feelings. Mm. So yeah, just send everything yeah. through. We won't mm. care. Yeah. 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 That sounds good. All right, um, to round out the podcast, I have got a question which I ask everyone. So, what would you do if you knew 10,000 people would do the same? Okay. Oh, okay. Why well, don't we won't go around then? And All right. Like mm-hmm. You go um, first. It'd probably be um, travel to a third world country, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, I'm a big, big advocate for traveling in general. I think um, especially to a third world country as well, like it just opens your eyes to um, how a lot of other people live. Um, like sometimes you see it on documentaries, videos, things like that, but until you actually experience it firsthand, um, yeah. you can't really appreciate maybe what you have in Australia mm-hmm. um, or what others don't have. And then also it might um, inspire you to help out in, a, in another way, whether that be donating or going over there, doing some... Um, charity work or helping mm. out or, or whatnot, but um, yeah. 
I, I just think there's so many benefits to traveling in general and yeah. I think everyone should do it at least once in their life, especially yeah. overseas. No, I mm. think I, I agree. I think that, um, I mean, look, I technically, I guess, come from a third world country because South Africa isn't first world, they might be. What is, are you from South Africa? Second, yeah, yeah, I'm from, from Joburg. No really? way! Yeah. Oh, hi! Yeah. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I knew um, she was from Zimbabwe. Yeah. Usually, like, you, you pick it up because either you'll get a slight accent or someone will be like, oh, yeah, I just want to have a bri this weekend. Yeah. You're like, yeah, a what? Like, coming oh in? God, me yeah. too. I'm coming over. Yeah, my partner nah, has a yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, she was talking to me about that, like, literally this weekend. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's it's a barbecue, but better. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was like, I'll Way show better. you how to do a bra this mm. yeah, yeah, the South African way. And I was like, what? What, what yeah. do you want to yeah. do? And you're going to have bourrevos. It's, it's, it's like it's like a sausage that they wind like a oh. snail, so it's not like individual mm, little okay. things. It's like a really big. Mm. It's way different to any Australian sausage, like the texture yeah. inside. Mm. I don't know how to explain it's it. Delicious. But well, now I'm hungry. It's very different. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, I I agree yeah. that I think traveling opens up your eyes. But I think that particularly coming from like a first world country to a third world country mm. makes you aware of an entirely different way of living. Cause if mm. you just go from like Australia to the UK mm. and that's not to say that like there isn't parts of the UK that are extremely disadvantaged or anything, but yeah. like there is a different standard of living. Mm. And because of that, there are certain like social and cultural norms that evolve. And I think that it just kind of makes everyone a bit more empathetic to see mm. how other people live. It's really cool. Would anyone else like to submit their, thing <laughs> their answer yeah so at our workplace at the moment it's mental health week so i thought and especially with covid and everything that's mm. happening i think it would be apt um for me to say that i would you know just check in with all my friends and ask how they're going um yeah i think now more than ever it's really important i've got friends in melbourne and stuff and it's just really good to connect especially when they're still in lockdown um and you know it might really help somebody out so yeah, yeah. yeah. no i agree i think that it's um in trying times, it's really important to keep trying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about you, Nabila? We've um, just had two really big, yeah, like, altruistic, beautiful, like, like uh, let's make the world a better place. Feel free to just be like, I would put $1 in my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's, an, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think, um, like, I know I really, like, Obviously, I've mentioned this before. I love to do creative things. And I always wanted to write love letters to the people that, like, I really care about Aww. in a creative way. So, yeah. like, yeah, to get those people to pass it on to other people. And if 10,000 people were doing it. Like, mm. I, I don't know. I just feel like there's, like, you don't get letters in the post anymore. Mm. You don't get any hand done things anymore. Mm. So, I think it would just be a really nice experience to get something hand Handmade, yeah. Because mm. there is a certain degree of like care and consideration yeah. that goes into that, which I suppose modern life has just kind of eradicated the time yeah. that we can a lot to it. Yeah. That's beautiful. You're like finding a creative way to spread some love. Mm. And, oh, I like that. Look at you guys. Look at how, <laughs> look, I've got such good people here. My God. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so, so much for coming. And of course, thank you for listening. Um, but before we go, did you guys have anything that you wanted to plug? Any side projects, any hobbies? Um, <laughs> I know that, uh, Nabila, I'm going to be tracing you for some links. What do you mean, links? Well, to, to your milestone cards. You yeah. do those beautiful. Instagram. Yeah, yes, I'm going to yes. need your Instagram handle. I'm going to yes, need a link absolutely. to, do you have a Shopify account? 
No, I've been trying That's to okay. make my website for some time. Oh, it's websites, yes. man. She also makes amazing things in acrylic. I have a cutting board that she's made and it's beautiful. Oh, so thank you. Take a look at her Instagram. She's got some amazing stuff. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Alrighty, well, we will definitely have to have a look at your Instagram and I will websites <laughs> but once you have one up yes, I will click absolutely. through to it I'm very excited thank you <laughs> um I guess was there anything that you guys wanted to plug yes so today all three of us are from Vincent's Chartered Accountants um if you would like to give us a call to talk about anything and you ask for any one of us we're willing to give a free 15 minute consultation so you can give us a call on 3228-4000 and the area codes 07 if you know, yeah. you're outside of Queensland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just ask for one of us. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. So I will pop your full names in the um, show notes if you like. Yes, yep. please. Just in mm-hmm. case. Heck yeah. 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 Perfect. Oh, well, thank you guys again so much for coming on. And thank you for listening. Thanks as always to Zane at That's Not Canon Productions for producing the show. Graphics are by Claudia Piggott. Music by Jessica Fletcher. If you've stumbled upon us, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find us and makes me really happy. You can find us on Instagram at StumbleThroughPod and Facebook as StumbleThroughPodcast. Until next time, do your best and take care of each other. Chat soon. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.